Welcome to The Wrong Side, the podcast where we talk about controversial happenings in pop culture to make sure you never find yourself on the wrong side of history. And this last week, Taylor Swift dropped her eighth studio album. Ellen has apologized to her staff after complaints of mistreatment. And the Chainsmokers held a concert in the Hamptons. Let's discuss. Hello, Audrey. How's it going, Emily? Okay, you did not need to flex <laughs> on that riff there, but I'm doing great. Um, I feel like this week has been a little all over the place, and I know I was just telling you this, but I feel like last week we had so much news to cover, and there was so much content, and this week, I, I texted you on Monday morning. I woke up, and I was ready to go. I was like, <laughs> let's record another podcast. I was like on an adrenaline high from last week, and mm-hmm. then- this week's headlines just sort of disappointed and yeah I'm like what joe jonas and sophie turner had a baby um you know kendall and Gigi showed off their apartments uh which got like way too much attention that's how you know it's a slow week mm-hmm. um so yeah i mean but whatever we're here how are you doing I'm doing good and I feel the same. I knew like when Folklore dropped, which what was, what was that like? Oh, it was Friday. So almost a week ago, I knew I wanted to cover that ish on the pod. Um, And then it was pretty boring. I mean, honestly, it's kind of nice. I feel that we don't have any like bad stuff going on in the world in terms of pop culture, (laughs) in terms of pop culture. Let me get that straight. (laughs) Let's clarify. Um, But on the same hand, like, I miss, you know, I wish we had more things to talk about because I can get extremely passionate, but I do have some thoughts. And when Emily and I were putting together the outline for today's pod, we happened to see the news about Ellen. So that's fresh, hot, piping tea. And I'm actually really excited to get your thoughts on that. Um, So what do you say? Should we dive in? I really would like to start talking about folklore. Let's dive in. Audrey has quite literally been pestering me about this album since last Friday being like you better be ready to discuss and we have not talked about our opinions on this because we wanted it to be fresh but mm-hmm. I was like of course I'm going to listen to this album like I listened to it right away and she was like have you listened what are you there I, like make sure you I have very I have a very low trust for our listeners for Emily because she didn't do her homework um, she didn't watch Selling Sunset. She said she would the night we recorded our last pod. You heard it on the pod. And she was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be watching tonight. And I was like, yeah, I'm sure you are. So we agreed Ari, that you would not. We agreed that you would not bring this up on the podcast. We actually did not agree that. At all. Like we <laughs> never even had that conversation. Okay. So I'm a bad co-host. You know what? It's my Enneagram type seven coming out. I'm scattered. I'm all over the place. And this is exactly what we were talking about in our intro episode. Oh yeah. But anyway. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, so I listened Long to folklore. Intro. So let, let, us, <laughs> let us dive in. So Taylor Swift surprised her fans and released a brand new album last Friday, which is her eighth studio album. And even though the name Folklore definitely gives it away, it's an indie album, as if our listeners have not already given it a listen, but it has 16 tracks, and Taylor said that she developed it during this pandemic, during lockdown. And we really hadn't heard much from her uh, this year after the release of her Netflix documentary, Miss Americana, in January. So this was definitely just a really fun and exciting surprise to end the week last week. Well, wait, when did Lover come out? I, I was Googling it and I accidentally Ooh, Googled liver. Question. I thought last Let fall. Me Google. 
Lover came out. Oh my god, I keep googling liver on accident. What the fuck? Okay, I got you. It was August 23rd, 2019. Oh wow. Okay, that was so long ago. Well, yeah, I mean, oh sheesh. I need to, I need to put my computer on. <laughs> That was such a visceral reaction. Why was that so loud? It was so loud. I'm really sorry. I'm not even going to... It's fine. Just smile and wave, boys. <laughs> smile and wave, boys. Um. Anyway, okay, yeah. So she dropped this album. It was pretty crazy because I woke up to the news and it's so untailor like to, you know, get on Instagram and be like, oh, album coming tonight at 12 a.m. Like everybody was shook to their core. Um, and I think, so I'm, I want to describe sort of the experience because it's been, it's been an interesting one. I, I've truly gone on a journey with this album already. Well, let's go with this first thoughts. Like what's your, vi- what's your vibe? What's your, your rating? I love it. It is by oh. far my favorite album. Oh, sh- oh okay. That's yeah. interesting. Oh, okay. And like pretty alternative, you know, like, it is are alternative. you surprised? Yeah. It's bulky. <laughs> oh yeah. You're so... I like lived in Portland last year. Like, <laughs> no, she lives in New York City. <laughs> She's the taste has a money on rent. Okay, well, personally, my thoughts. I feel the same. I I really like it. I don't know if it's my favorite album, just because when I am like assessing or listening to an album, I really like the journey it takes you on, like the ebb and flow, the highs and lows. Mm. And um, when I first listened, like. James and I sat down in front of the TV. We had the lyric videos running. I actually regret that decision because the lyric videos, I wanted to do it so I could like read the lyrics because I'm bad at listening to the lyrics when I'm listening to an album. And like Taylor is such a great writer that I wanted to focus on the words. But then what ended up happening was like each lyric video basically had like a five second clip that was on a loop. So like, for example, um, the last great American dynasty was like a clip of like a beach house on a beach um, that looks probably similar to that. I don't remember where it is, but she has a beach house on the beach and it probably looks like that. And so I didn't, I didn't get to like visualize the song itself. Like I felt like I was being given the visual and looking back, like I feel like that was distracting. So when we listened to the full album all the way through, I was kind of bored by the last song because it really was like quite monotonous. And then my head went to, oh fuck, like the Swifties are going to be so annoyed. Like I was like, nobody's going to like this because they're going to think that it's too boring and um, there's not going to be enough pop, you know, which is her MO these days. And it's not going to take you on that journey of that like ebb and flow. So then I was quite surprised to see and happily surprised to see the positive feedback of everyone. Like I saw so many people, I'm in a Facebook group (laughs) about like with um, Taylor fans and everyone is like grew up with Taylor the way we did. So they're all like 20 and 30 now. And people were like, this was made for us. Like this was made for the like OG stands. This is my favorite album. And I was really, really surprised by that because I actually think my favorite album is Lover or Reputation. Really? Um, Yeah. Interesting take. I don't know why Lover surprises me. I just feel like I didn't, don't get me wrong. I love the album, but I feel like there were only two or three songs that I really loved and I didn't like the rest. Yeah, I get that. I mean, 
to each their own. I, I kind of, and, and to also, um, sort of evaluate my stance on Taylor. I have always liked her, you know, I've always liked the bops. I do have some opinions about the whole Kanye of it all and sort of her involvement in just drama sometimes. And, you know, she was a teen growing up. So I do have opinions on that, but also I was sort of grandfathered into being like a, tr- a full stan because James is such a stan. And so is he I really? Support- oh my gosh. Like he, he's probably, she's probably his hall pass, you know? Like, <laughs> she loved, he, lo- sorry, I can't do pronouns. He loves her. Um, and he just thinks she's like a lyrical genius, which she totally is. Um, yeah, he- which is so like I don't know why that makes sense because James is such a such a writer. You know, he's all yeah. about the writing. Exactly. He he loves her, and so I love her too as an extension. Whereas before, I was probably pretty you know laissez faire about it. Like I I didn't have an opinion. I really hate how there's a lot of hatred for her because I just. Mm-hmm. She's very clearly, like, of an awesome, amazing, talented – she's kind of like Kanye, where it's like you can't deny her talent, and I don't like it when people – I just hate when people are like, oh, that album sucks. Like, it's art, so there, it's not, like, not everything is going to be made for you, and she didn't make it yeah. – I mean, she makes it for her fans, but she makes it for herself, so if you have a negative opinion, that's fine, but – you know, it doesn't make her a bad artist, which I feel like is the argument a lot of times with Taylor, or it's like, who's the artist of our generation? Like, and she's kind of on that list, or is it Beyonce, or is it whoever else? And it's like, ah, they're Ariana all Grande. artists. Like, we don't have to, like, pit them all against each other. Like, they're all doing their own thing, and everything that they're doing is cool. But anyway, I'm getting on a soapbox. Um, Wait, I have a question. Yeah. In your Facebook group with all the Swifties, did they say anything? Were they upset at all that the album was such a surprise because I feel like all of her biggest fans are always like looking for those clues. You know, it's like the Easter egg hunt. They're always, you know, she's yeah. posting really, really vague content and people are like mm-hmm. picking out little bits and yeah. pieces and they're trying to come up with an idea. So were there any hurt feelings that she surprised the entire world and they didn't get no. a chance to guess? No, no one cares. And people are more doing that with um, the lyrics themselves since she did say that these are stories, you know, so it's made it more fun for them. There was a little bit of a conversation early on about how, oh, like this, this is a sad song, like her and Joe must have broken up and something. And people were like, no, like, she's totally fine. She wrote this for fun. She blessed us with this album during like the worst year of everyone's life. And so no, I don't think there was any negativity about that. And I'm kind of glad that was one thing that I didn't love about Taylor like I get it and and I think it's fun um but I also just feel like it's a lot you know what I mean I I I don't I'm not I'm not a hater like and I think people enjoy it like it's not doing anything bad I just sometimes it feels a little bit mm, I don't know what the word is maybe just kind of kitschy yeah well and it's like you don't need I feel like these up-and-coming artists you know, they have to get really creative with album releases. They have to try to engage a bunch of fans. And it's like, okay, Taylor, I get that your fans love it. And maybe 
you have fun with it too, but just drop an album and it's going to, it's going to do just fine. Like you don't have to put in all this extra effort. I can't even imagine being on that team. They're like, okay, how can we place a small like monarch butterfly into the corner (laughs) of this forest shot? With yeah. Taylor wearing a bright green sweatshirt, like to to get the fans to guess a song called Umbrella. Like I can't. I just it's it like is. too much. I mean, it me. is. It's quite amazing what she. You know, people are like her mind, and I'm like, uh, okay, like yes, she's great. But let's just. I don't know. I actually wanted to ask you though because I was looking on her, and she did this with Lover too. I don't know if you remember, but um, there were I think four different books that she sold. And every book was like a piece of her diary and she sold them each for like 20 bucks or something. And like that made me feel weird because maybe in her mind she was like, oh, you know, if I do one book for $60, it's less accessible than if I do four books for $20 each or whatever. Like maybe that was the the thought, the thought process. Um, (laughs) I had a little stutter, but but the other part of me is like, is that a money grab? You know what I mean? And so that happened for this album. She sell there's like six different vinyls or something, and they all have a different picture on them. But as far as I'm concerned, the content is all the same. And that feels, because you know all the Swifties are going to buy all of that as a collectible. Of course. And I was surprised to, to not see any backlash on that and on the Lover album. I was very surprised. To me, that felt uncomfortable. I would equate it to how I feel about Kourtney Kardashian and Addison Rae hanging out, where it might be harmless, but I still don't like it. Hot tea on that take, too, while, while we're, because we covered that a couple days ago. Um, I read, and this could be totally wrong, but I read that Ryan Seacrest is grooming the Addison Rae family to be the next Kardashian family, so that they're hanging what? out to, like, get their audience on board, and also so that Kourtney can, like, show them the ropes, and I fully believe that. Wow. You cannot drop that bomb on me in the middle of a podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wow. Let's I wait. don't like that. Let's just wait until more information comes out, but I did want to plant that seed. I have wow. a question, though. Um, going back to T-Swift, what are your top three songs? Ooh, okay. Ugh, I wish this wasn't one of my favorites because I know it's probably the most popular one, but Cardigan. Um, I love August. Mm-hmm. And I love seven. Oh, those are nice. Those are my top three. But, but honestly, I think this is my favorite album. I mean, there's several reasons why it's my favorite album, but it's because I think it's one of, I think it's the only album where I actually love every single song. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what I was going to say too. And I forgot to say, I do still really like this album. I don't think it's my favorite because again, I like to have more of a I like to feel more things like this was a very monotonous album and not in a negative way, but it got better and better every single time I listened to it because the first time I was bored and then I've, I haven't stopped listening to it. And now I'm like, yeah, every single song is like something you can sing along to. It's super cash. My favorites are um, Invisible String. I think it's the cutest fucking song. When we actually listened to it for the first time, I did shed some tears because it just made me like, emo. I just thought it was so cute. I was like crying because it was so cute. And then I also really love, um, what did I just say? Invisible String. I love Mirrorball, which mm. I think is kind of a dark horse. Um, but it reminds me of like movies about like 70s dances or something like it kind of reminds me of 13 going on 30 
Oh, like wait, just, I'll have to listen to it again with that in mind. Because it's I like a, that take. It's like a disco ball, you know. Yeah, and it's so, a very and happy. it kind of has a seventies vibe. Um, and then the last one that I like is the one. Okay, so we have three <laughs> different favorites. Okay, great. Like that's why we are co-hosts because yeah. we think differently, but we bring it together. I do love the one. You know what, Betty too. Because Betty's a fucking bop. Betty's a bop for sure. Betty is a bop. Great. Well, I actually think that kind of covers it. Is anyone on the wrong side? (laughs) Still, absolutely not. Scooter Braun, bitch. Oh, Scooter Braun's on the wrong side. (laughs) This album is helping me forget about his name more and more, which is great. I can't even. I can't even get into that nonsense. No, I truly like. Maybe if I come down to Portland again, we can like grab a wicker basket and just go lay in the forest and listen to the album. <laughs> is it, I was like, where are you going with this? <laughs> no, it is. It has very um, little women vibes. Yes. And okay, one last thing about the album. Um, ahead of the release, I'm sure you already saw this, but ahead of the release, she said, my gut is telling me that if you make something you love, you should just put it out into the world. And obviously, you know, I am not putting out an album anytime soon. I'm not writing it off. Okay. You never know what the future holds. You never know. Um, but I just feel like that like resonates with us in our podcast because we hovered over the idea of starting a podcast for so long, a good year mm-hmm. or so. And we were all scared of, oh God, what are people going to think? How are we going to make it work? We don't live together anymore. And then we finally decided to just do it. And now yeah. we're having the time of our lives. So, you know, I'm glad that we decided to put this podcast out. I'm glad that Taylor decided to put this album out. I think that is a great motto to live by. If you love something, just put it out into the world. Yeah, I totally agree. And that is very inspiring and true. I feel the same way. Like, this is one of the only productive things I did in quarantine. And I bet she feels the same way. Now, let's move on to the next topic because I think we really cover that in detail. So, the next story is one that takes place over the course of several years that came to a head today. So let's just give the full picture of what we're looking at. Um, But Ellen responded today to reports of employee mistreatment. So on Monday this week, we learned that WarnerMedia launched an internal investigation into The Ellen Show amid reports alleging a toxic work environment. In mid-July, BuzzFeed News published a report that included stories from current and former Ellen employees who said they were mistreated during their time at the show. Reports about Ellen's actions and behaviors began circulating on social media in March when Kevin T. Porter started a viral Twitter thread on rumors that DeGeneres is not as nice as her public appearance may seem. Um, A couple of noteworthy examples. Here was a tweet that said, I worked at at Real Food Daily, served her and Portia at brunch. She wrote a letter to the owner and complained about my chip nail polish. Not that it was on her plate, but just that it was on my hand. I had worked till closing the night before and this was next morning. It almost got me fired. Another one. She has a sensitive nose, so everyone must chew gum from a bowl outside her office before talking to her. And if she thinks you smell that day, you have to go home and shower. So there were statements with specific incidents like this one, and I also remember seeing a lot of statements that were just very similar and kind of bucketed into these general themes. I remember seeing a theme that she doesn't allow her employees to make eye contact with her, 
and there are also a lot of conspiracies about the way she treated her guests on the show. Search Dakota Johnson Ellen Show on YouTube to know what I'm talking about there. But I also just want to read a quick excerpt from Ellen's statement. So this is quote, and we pulled out some stuff, but so it's not verbatim, but quote, on day one of our show, I told everyone in our first meeting that the Ellen DeGeneres show would be a place of happiness. No one would ever raise their voice and everyone would be treated with respect, she wrote. Obviously something changed and I'm disappointed to learn that this has not been the case. And for that, I am sorry. Anyone who knows me knows it's the opposite of what I believe and what I hoped for our show. I'm also learning that people who work with me and for me are speaking on my behalf and misrepresenting who I am and that has to stop, she wrote. As someone who has judged and nearly lost everything for being just who I am, I truly understand and have deep compassion for those being looked at differently or treated unfairly, not equal or worse, disregarded. To think that any one of you felt that way is awful to me. So that was a lot. I want to get your initial thoughts right off the bat, Emily. Okay, well, obviously, these rumors have been circulating for a long time, and it's all sort of culminating right now. However, when I first heard the rumors way back when, whenever that, I don't even remember when that was, I was devastated because I love Ellen. I grew up watching the show. Um, I tried to get tickets for years. That was like my dream. I feel like for my high school graduation, I was like, all I want to do is, is go see a taping of the Ellen show. It just, that was like my life goal. And so when I first heard the rumors, I refused to believe that they were real because I was like, look at her. She is everything that people should aspire to be. I mean, literally at the end of every show, she says, be kind to one another. And I just, I don't know. I had a hard time believing that that could be different than who she is in real life. Mm-hmm. However, now that I've kind of grown away, grown apart from her show, you know, I don't watch it really anymore. Um, I'm not as attached to her. And now that I sort of work in the industry, I guess you could say that, not directly, but sort of, I'm, I kind of agree. I think, I think these statements might have some truth to them. I'm starting to definitely believe that they might be accurate. I don't want to because she seems like such a wonderful human being on the show. But, you know, I've had some run-ins over the last year with a few celebrities who I, you know, thought would be fun and bubbly. And you know what? It was only for a few seconds that I've met some of these people. And so maybe they were just having a bad day. They are totally entitled to be in a bad mood. So I'm not trying to judge their entire existence off of a few interactions. But I will say that there were a few celebrities over the last year that I was like, okay, they are a little colder than I thought they would be. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like the last year has just sort of opened my eyes to, oh, these people are not always the way that they act on screen. And sometimes they surprise you and sometimes they're nice, but sometimes they are terrifying. So I'm, I don't know. I mean, she's so, so famous. And I feel like a lot of people have said that, you know, kind of the more famous you get, the ruder you get, or the more aggressive you can get towards fans and, you know, the people that work around you. So I kind of have to believe these people. I just feel like there's so many reports out there that how can you how can you turn a blind eye anymore? Yeah, there have been, that's the thing that's interesting to me is that even before those tweets, th- that tweet thread came out, because I remember seeing that thread on Twitter, that thread didn't come as a shock to me because I had seen these things over the years. And, you know, there would be like a viral tweet every once in a while, or there are a couple articles that have come out over the years. So I definitely had that like five stages of grief moment where I didn't want to believe it and because I loved her too. 
love her. I, I mean, I, I don't know. Let me, let me get into it. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I had that moment of, okay, it's kind of, you reach that acceptance moment where it's like, this is, there's so much out there that it just feels like most people have come to terms with that. Like it doesn't stop people from liking her in a way because she still does a lot of good for the world. But that's why it's confusing because she's so seemed so non-problematic and, you know, didn't she get a Nobel Peace Prize or something? But on the other hand, I also remember because I used to watch The Ellen Show when I got back from school because it was on at 3 p.m. And I remember as I got older feeling like sometimes she like would put her guests into really weird situations or weird conversations. Like she would sort of be laughing at them instead of with them. And that's when I, that's kind of why I started to believe these things. Cause I felt like I started having like a, a nose for it, you know, almost. But the other thing that I do think is interesting about this story is these allegations, if you want to call them that, have been, have been circulating for years. So the question is, why would she respond to it now? And there's been a lot of conversation about how she, people have been trying to link her to Jeffrey Epstein. And it would make sense that once it was like a serious, as serious of an allegation that as that she would be involved in like child trafficking rings, that that's when she would speak out against it. So I'm curious if that has anything to do with it or if it's just reached a peak. I'm not sure because March was March and now it's July. Like why would she have made a statement now of all times? So true. And also quick side note, um, we're getting really good at Googling during the show. Uh, she was not <laughs> awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. She was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, I just a, listen. That's like, a severe blow. <laughs> no, you know what? Like transparency is key and is so key. And if people try to come for us, we can say, you know what? Fast forward 30 seconds. We corrected it. Okay. We corrected it. Oh, that... We will fact check ourselves, even if it's in the oh, middle of our show. That hurts me. But That's I... okay. That's okay. okay. We'll move on. But, but what you were just saying, it's actually interesting because- <laughs> Is that why you started laughing? Yes. I'm sorry. I started cracking up during- while you Emily were talking, was laughing just... during my, my monologue. <laughs> I don't know if you could hear it on the pod. I tried to turn it away, but I was, I, I did one Google search and I just started cackling. So, you know what? Like you, you said it with confidence though. And that's I was all like, that Ellen won that Nobel. <laughs> Start spreading the news. Dun, 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 dun. So something that you mentioned in your little beautiful monologue there sort of triggered this, this thought in my head. And I feel like even though social media has obviously been around for years, in the last few months, I feel like I've seen so much on celebrity encounters and reputations. And especially on TikTok, like there was a girl that posted a video about celebrity encounters she had while she was waitressing at this fancy New York restaurant. And one of the celebrities she highlighted was Hailey Bieber. And she gave her a terrible score. And she said something along the lines of, you know, I really want to like her. But every time I've seen her, she's treated me terribly, been super rude. So here's my rating. And the video went viral. And then Hailey Bieber commented, mm. said something along the lines of, you know, sorry, you felt that way. Or like, I hope we can meet again so I can apologize and just be a nicer person. That was not at all what she said, but it was something along those lines. Uh, yeah. And I just think it's interesting. Like maybe 
maybe this is the era of making celebrities address their reputations. I don't know. I, I just know. I just can't even care really too much about how celebrities treat other people. And and let me dive in on that statement because uh, you just ha- I mean for me I think about all of the times that celebrities are treated like cattle or like like dehumanized or like um, fans deserve something from them, you know, when they're encountered in life. And I can't imagine what that's like and what that does to your mental health. Like famous people just don't get to live the way that we get to live. And so it probably makes them angry and bitter towards people who don't share their experience of being famous and that's not an excuse like it really sucks that people have negative encounters with the people that those fans look up to but for all of the crazy nice or for all of the good people who respect a celebrity's boundaries in space in the wild there's probably so many crazy people that don't and so you know, the Hailey Bieber thing is a great example where it's like, you caught me on a bad day. She probably had five other encounters that were really shitty. And by the sixth one, she was like, don't fucking talk to me. Like, I can't do this anymore. It must be so hard. I mean, I don't feel bad for them because they have resources. They can figure it out. They have a lot, you know, and they're very blessed in many ways. But, but that hand, lifestyle to, is exhausting. Yeah. And you have to, you have to see things from the bigger picture sometimes, which is that they just don't live the same way that we live in any way. It's like we were talking last week about Kanye or the Kardashian family and how they literally have everyone that walks into their house sign an NDA. And that's how they have to live to have like basic privacy. Yeah. And like, I can't imagine having to do that. That's so uncomfortable and transactional, but that's the way that they live in order to feel more safe and comfortable. So I can't be mad at them. So I don't know. I don't, I can't think of any famous people that I've ever encountered. I know you've had a lot of encounters, but I mean, I think, sorry, side note, while you think of, while you think of your celeb stories, I I think another reason why Ellen is under fire so much is because she's obviously just someone who promotes so much happiness and kindness. And I feel like people like Hailey Bieber, I mean, we don't know her for any, like nobody is like holding Hailey Bieber to this to this certain level of like, oh, well, Hailey Bieber tells us to be nice to everybody, so she should do the same. Whereas Ellen literally promotes that on her show every single episode. So I feel like that is also why it's getting so much attention is not only the number of rumors about her and how long it's been going on, but just that her show is all about bringing joy to other people. So yeah, I totally agree. And I'm, how do you feel about her statement? Because I feel like it's all fine and good, but ultimately statements they don't mean shit anymore like I I can't with the statements like let's just let's just turn it around let's take a u-turn baby because I'm over it like we need to see the action that's that's what 2020 has taught me is that words don't mean shit if they're not followed by action and so it's like I really can't read any celebrity statement at this point and have any difference of opinion you know no, I totally agree. The The fatigue over celebrity statements is real, and I also feel extremely over them. Um, as far as her statement, I mean, I guess I liked that she said, you know, on day one of our show, you know, this show is going to be a place of happiness. But I also 
didn't really think that added any value because I'm like, I don't think any show starts being like, all right, this place is going to be hell. Like, yeah. I hope everybody buckle up. Like, you know, <laughs> get ready. Like, we're going to go on a wild ride. Like, it's going to be terrible day in and day out. And so I, I feel like that's just a little bit of a cushion. Like, oh, I wanted this place to be fun and nice and, and happy for everybody. It's like, of course, everybody wants their workplaces to be that way, but it's your job and it's your, you know, high, higher up employee's job to make sure that it stays that way. Mm-hmm. And so I just felt like that was a bit of an excuse, you know, like I set the intention and I don't know what happened. Like, no, that's not yeah. how it goes. So yeah, I mean, I, I didn't like that. I don't know why I started that statement with, I liked the part where I did not <laughs> like the part where. <laughs> I mean, I think to, to recap, it seems like given all of the information that we have presented to us that Ellen's probably on the wrong side. You know, I understand that maybe there's, there's a case for like, oh, this was just a hit job on Ellen and it's all a bunch of jokes. And that's a plausible scenario that, you know, this just, because Twitter is such a cesspool sometimes of like conspiracies and jokes and it's really easy to get like a movement going. Like I could totally see a world in which all of those tweets about different Ellen encounters were completely made up. Like there's no, there's no proof or whatever, but it just seems a little fishy. And since it's been over time, like no one's ever tried to cancel her as much as people have just been like, yeah, Ellen's kind of psycho. Like, and that's that on that, you know? So it seems like maybe she has some soul searching to do and maybe we'll see some real improvement. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if any like employees come out and speak on their experiences because that would be far more um, compelling than tweets <laughs> with no proof. I mean, I'm not going to like ask for proof, but you know what I mean? So no, I'm, I'm definitely just excited to see the results of that internal investigation from Warner Media. Definitely excited to see what happens. Um, you know, maybe some people will be fired. Um, maybe there'll be an official statement afterwards. Who knows? But I agree. Ellen is definitely on the wrong side here. And, you know, unless she wants to invite us to 12 days of giveaways, um, I'm not trying to get tickets to her show. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> so I was actually um I was trying to think of a a speedy way to transition into the next story about the chain smokers and I was gonna say something about how they had this concert and people weren't pulling each other closer in the backseat of their rover because (laughs) because they weren't having a socially distanced quote drive-in show and I feel like I feel like that was the transition like you cannot get the input of that beach <laughs> for some <laughs> you know i think our listeners i think if we post <laughs> that quote they would absolutely be like oh that's for sure a terrible joke from emily like on brand but you surprised me with that one i came out of left field and i was googling i was googling to confirm that i had the correct lyrics so that's why there, there it's a- been a minute it's been a minute since that song was in that I know you can't afford that tattoo on your shoulder. All right, let's get into it, Emily. This is a pretty simple okay. one. <laughs> I literally have not talked about the chain smokers or even really heard of the chain smokers since that song. The but chain smokers only existed in the years 2014 to 2017, and that is just facts. 
That is simply facts. Yeah. So let's get into it. So the Chainsmokers had a concert in the Hamptons last Saturday, and it was ironically named the Safe and Sound concert. And it was supposed to be, you know, this socially distanced drive-in show. It was supposed to benefit several charities. Get this. There was an estimated crowd of 2,000 people, and they paid anywhere from $1,200 to $25,000 per ticket for this show, which we will get into later. We will get into that. And then after videos and photos started to surface from the concert, obviously there was immediate social media backlash. And then it even prompted a governmental investigation, which we love. We love that drama. And to be more specific with that, basically New York governor, Andrew Cuomo, we love Andrew Cuomo, Mm -hmm. uh, posted on Twitter that he was appalled by the social distancing violations and that the Department of Health would be conducting an investigation. So, I mean, yeah, listen, like we, like how much, how much chatting do we even need to do on this? Like (laughs) who's on the wrong side? The chain smokers, like. But also every, every person that showed up to that godforsaken concert, like imagine risking it all to see the chain smokers in 2020. No, imagine paying paying $25,000 to go to a concert where you know one song from 2000. What was it? Four, 15? I 14? Say, I want to say 15. Let's, Let's Google. Baby, Miklosa. <laughs> All right. Final answer. Is it 15? I say 15. Final? Ooh, 2016. Oh, God. Feels like yesterday. Um, yeah, yeah, but no, for real, imagine paying $25,000 just to see one song that you know. I can't. I cannot imagine. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a no from me, chain smokers. And uh, it's it's sad because their intentions were okay, I guess. But the delivery, yeah, it was the delivery for me. Yeah, and here's the thing. This is pretty much. This pretty much sums it all up. If I had to, if I had no other choice, if I had to put myself in danger my family in danger, my friends in danger, in the midst of a global pandemic, would I choose to do so at a chain smokers concert, aka just to see two white men in their 30s playing EDM music? Okay, no, like, I'm good. Absolutely not. That would literally be like if someone told you, okay, you have to pick one restaurant to go to before you die, and you were like, okay, Chili's. Chili's. I just don't understand why people were like, okay, you know what? I'm feeling crazy. I'm feeling risky. Going to put myself out there. And then they were like, chain smokers. I mean, I get that not a lot of, nobody is having concerts right now. So maybe they were just desperate, but why? I just wonder if there's going to be any follow-up. Like if there's, if anyone's going to be held accountable for like blatantly, I don't want to say like violating the law because that makes me sound like a Karen, but like, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Governor Cuomo will for sure be following up on this. Yeah. He's on top of everything. And one quick little, when I was Googling about this concert, this blew my mind because according to Forbes, the Chainsmokers are the highest paid DJs in the world. Hmm. They pulled in $46 million in 2018. Wow. That's a lot. (laughs) That's surprising. Is it, I wonder what from, like what, what sort of. Sorry, I'm burping because I just ate a Pringle uh, while I was on mute. <laughs> but I'm curious, do they have some sort of residency? They're in Vegas. Okay, that's why. But that's like, fucking stupid. Imagine. 
Yeah, why? I, like, I've been to Vegas, I went to Vegas like three times in one year, and not once did I see the chain smokers. Like, I think oh. I might have seen them when I went, but I don't remember. I don't even like EDM, but I know that there's better options out there than the chain smokers. Like, we are in 2020. I feel bad though. Like, I mean, they're kind of becoming like the Nickelback of EDM. <gasps> like, Nickelback didn't deserve that. And like, but in this case, like chain smokers, like maybe they do, you know, because of the irresponsibility that they have brought into the studio today. Yeah. And if they're making $46 million in a year, then why don't they just donate to charities? Why don't they just give a donation to all those charities that they were trying to support and not put 2000 people in danger? I just like, it's so hard to have an opinion on them because it really doesn't even feel like they exist anymore. Feels like but a distant memory. I was, you've been singing a lot today. I know I'm feeling feeling groovy. Feeling groovy, baby. All right. Well, well, I feel like that wraps it up. I feel yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> that pretty much does it for me. I know that pretty much wraps it up. I do have to tell our listeners. We can cut this out if you want. I'll put a little side note in here. No, but. I do have to tell our listeners because Audrey called me out for not watching, what is it, Selling Sunset? Oh my God, she doesn't even know the name. There's so many, it's, it sounds like 18 different things. Is that you right? You sound like 18 different things. I know, my name you're, is Emily Jones. I've literally lived with that from, since I was put on this earth. I know. You're cute jeans. <laughs> You're cute jeans. Okay, yes, selling sunset. So because Audrey called me out at the start of the podcast, just totally blindsiding me for not watching Selling Sunset, I have to call her out because right before this pod, when we were talking about what topics we wanted to discuss, I was like, well, obviously, let's just quickly touch on Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner having a baby. And she said, no, delete, and made me delete my entire section. Okay, well, I did say no, but that's because nobody's on the wrong side in that scenario. And also, you found your way to weasel it back in into the intro. Don't think I didn't catch you. I'm you sneaky disrespect. That way. This co-host relationship needs work. It needs some therapy. I mean, honestly, if anybody was on the wrong side in this one, though, it would be the media because I was cackling at some of the articles that have come out about this because nobody has any information. Like, they're obviously notoriously private people, and so they've kept a lot of it to themselves. And the news and the media, like, everybody is so thirsty to get any sort of content. That's and why I don't want to talk about it. And yet, here we are. No, here we are. I have to. Oh, my here God. you are talking about it. You know what? We are not the news, okay? We are entertainment. We are a <laughs> podcast for our friends to listen to. So this does not count. But I was you're you're literally weaseling it back into the conversation. Don't you okay, understand? okay, fine. I'll I'll make it quick. So I was laughing because when I was make what quick? We're not supposed to cover this on the. <laughs> this is my podcast. Okay, now. Go ahead. Go I'm, ahead. Tell I'm me what you want to say. I'm taking Jesus. Take the wheel. Okay. One of the first articles that popped up when I Googled Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner, the, it was from Us Weekly, and it was like, Willa, the baby's name, Willa is not short for anything. And I don't know why that made me laugh. Like, the whole article was about, like, an exclusive source told Us Weekly, Willa is, isn't a family name, and it isn't short for anything. And I was like, what would it have been short for? Like, Willable, like, 
Willow Tree, Willow Wonka. Like, I just found that to be so funny. Like, there's no name that it could have been extended into. So I love that that was a whole article just clarifying that Willa is not an abbreviated name. It's not a nickname. That is her name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's all. Uh, the weasel. <laughs> I'm glad My you brought job. that on. I'm glad you brought that on to the podcast. Thank you. That's really what we needed to wrap up this conversation. Yeah, we're going to have a little chat once we uh, <laughs> hit end record, aren't we? All right, everybody. Well, thank you again for tuning in if you made it this far. Um, and please let us know if there's anything you want us to cover. We're happy to do the research so that you don't have to. And on that note, we will see you at the next one. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye.